Welcome back all my open people. We have such an incredible episode coming up for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the best Japanese baller of all time. We're going to be talking about whether or not it's okay to root for a team you hate. And we're going to be talking about which soup is the best to use as a weapon. All coming up next on the I'm Open Podcast. But before we get into all that, we're going to talk about the San Antonio Spurs. Now, this has been a model franchise, not only in the NBA and in the basketball world, but really in the entire world of sports. The San Antonio Spurs have won five championships with current coach Greg Popovich, and they are known for really all marching in lockstep, all pulling in the same direction. You rarely hear a peep that comes out of that locker room. No drama. That's what makes this next story especially intriguing, is because there is some drama surrounding the San Antonio Spurs, and that's around their best player, their superstar, Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kawhi Leonard is definitely a unique superstar in the NBA. A lot of people haven't even heard of him and don't even really know what his voice sounds like. Despite being widely recognized as one of the best players in the world, he can match up with LeBron James, he can match up with Kevin Durant, and he can really match up with anybody. He really does not seem to want the stardom, and he does not want any attention on himself, and we really don't know that much about Kawhi. But this season, he has he has only played nine games. And the season is almost over. Last year in the playoffs, he fell awkwardly. Maybe because somebody on the Warriors named Zaza put his foot under Kawhi's foot on purpose. That's up for a debate for another episode. But either way, Kawhi fell awkwardly during the playoffs. He hurt his leg and he hasn't been the same since. And this season... He has only played nine games, and his team really needs him back. The playoffs are about to get started. Now, the interesting thing about this story, the San Antonio Spurs have actually said they think Kawhi is ready to go. The team doctors have said they think Kawhi is ready to come back and join the team. But Kawhi is still not coming back. He's waiting until his own personal doctors tell him that they think He's ready to go. Now, you never, ever, ever hear about anybody disrespecting the team, disagreeing with the team, moving in any sort of direction that doesn't go with the way the team wants to go. But this situation seems unique for the San Antonio Spurs. And for Kawhi Leonard, who we didn't really know he was a rebel. We didn't really know that about his personality. So now he's gone out. He's found his own doctors. And he's waiting until his own personal doctors tell him he's ready to go back. Not when the team doctors want him to go back. So, recently, it came out that the Spurs held a players-only meeting. Now, this was called by one of the team leaders, Tony Parker, who was formerly married to Eva Longoria of the Desperate Housewives and who has a great former rap career under the name Tony P. He also won four of those titles with the Spurs and has been on the team for over 15 years. Now, he called this team meeting and apparently... It was very tense, and it was very emotional. The Spurs, the rest of the players on the team, were begging Kawhi Leonard to come back to the team. That was the whole point of the meeting. They were begging, begging, begging Kawhi, please 
please, please come back and play. Now, this is very exclusive, folks, and we probably shouldn't really be putting this out there until we're, we're sure that it's okay, but I just, we love our audience, so we had to do something special for you guys today. So, listen up. Coming up right now is a live listen into what actually happened in the locker room with the San Antonio Spurs as they begged Kawhi Leonard to come back. Oh, oh, oh. You can look at my eyes and see that a great big man like me has been crying, 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 crying my soul and heart out to you. Wow. Well, it sounds like emotional was maybe an understatement. Honestly, these guys obviously really want Kawhi back. I can understand why he's the best player on their team, and it's honestly sort of a miracle that the team has been holding above water and is still going to make the playoffs without him. But I think they all know if they want to do anything in the playoffs and if they want anybody to be scared of what this team can do, they need their best player back. And look, after hearing a, a plea like that, I can't believe Kawhi's going to stay out too long. You don't need to make your teammates too sad, all right, Kawhi? And you don't need to play too hard to get because they want you, they love you, and they need you. So go back and give all of us basketball fans and your teammates something to be happy about and something to look forward to for the NBA playoffs. Something else that's been going on in the world of basketball has been March Madness. It's been exciting. There's been upsets. There's been non-upsets. There's been big shots. There's been dunks. And that's how it went. And it's been really fun to watch. Now, I've been feeling a little conflicted myself. My team is the Ohio State Buckeyes. And for those of y'all who haven't heard of a Buckeye or don't know what a Buckeye is, first of all, it's not Bug-Eye, not like when your eyes are poking out, it's Buckeye, B-U-C-K-E-Y-E, and it's actually a poisonous nut that grows in the state of Ohio, and it's the state tree of Ohio, the Buckeye tree. Now, you might think that's a lame mascot, and you might think, oh, a nut is your mascot? What's that going to do? Well, I'll have you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is actually a poisonous nut. So if your mascot eats my mascot, your mascot will die. Actually, no lie, my grandfather once tried to give a Buckeye nut to Barack Obama and his security took it away because it was poisonous. My grandfather was not trying to poison Barack Obama. He just wanted to give him a nice little gift from the state of Ohio. That's neither here nor there. The point is, I was rooting for the Ohio State Buckeyes. They sadly went out of the tournament in the second round. Though I'm not disappointed, our boys gave it their best shot. And we're all proud of them. We're proud of you guys. But, as the tournament has gone on, our biggest rival, the Michigan Wolverines, have kept going, kept going, and kept going. Now they're in the Final Four. And I felt a little conflicted, I felt a little torn inside, but I actually have found myself rooting for Michigan, rooting for the Michigan Wolverines, the team that I'm supposed to hate the most, our biggest rival. We literally have a whole song we sing called We Don't Give a Damn About the Whole State of Michigan. But still, somehow, I found myself cheering for Michigan and hoping that they would pass on to the next round of the NCAA tournament, which they have. So it got me thinking, it got me wondering about myself, and am I a bad fan? Am I a bad Buckeye for being happy about Michigan winning 
and cheering for them to go to the final four. And as I thought about it more, I realized, no, no, I'm actually a great fan. And I've got some words of wisdom for all of you guys out there who have a team that isn't very good or have a team that's already been eliminated. Because I'm not saying my Buckeyes aren't very good. They are. They've just lost. They're still great. But I think we can all try to spread a little love and actually root for our rivals. I'm not saying root for them when you're playing your own team. Obviously not. And I'm not saying root for them to win the whole championship. I don't want Michigan to win the championship because then they're going to rub it in our faces. And obviously, I don't want that. But I do want them to succeed to a certain extent, to a limit. But I do want them to succeed, and I do want them to do well. And here's why. Your rival is your greatest competition, right? That's the person you go head-to-head against. So that should be somebody who is more or less on your level. That's the point of competition. It's not a rivalry if one team whoops the other team every single time. That's not a rivalry. But you don't want a rival that sucks because then doesn't that kind of mean that you suck? You see what I'm getting at? If your rival is your greatest competition and your level of competition is shitty, doesn't that kind of mean that you're also shitty? So you don't want to be a rival with somebody who doesn't also succeed. That builds your rivalry because you both succeed. So I agree that you should not root for your rival when they play your team. You should not root for your rival maybe to win a championship and and rub that in your team's face. But you should want your rival to succeed because you don't want to look like a scrub for your team like, oh, that's your rival? Well, they suck. That's the only rival you could get. You want to be a rival with the best because that shows that you're the best. Okay? You don't see Pepsi out here trying to start a rivalry with Diet Right. Okay? Because they know Diet Right is some shit. Right? You don't see Verizon out here making fun of cricket. No, because they don't give a shit about cricket. Okay? Verizon and AT&T are competing because they're the biggest and they're the best. Well, I don't know about best. But you get my point. If you're a rival with somebody, you really want them to succeed as well because you guys as a rivalry come as a pair. So people are going to judge you also based on the success of your rival. So I know it's hard to let go when our team loses, especially when we see another team that we really hate winning. I'd like everybody from now on to just try, just try every once in a while rooting for your rivals. And then, hey, that gives you something else to brag about the next time you beat them. Alright, so I'm about to call my buddy KC on the line so we can talk about March Madness, dogs, and tire. Alright, crazy. This never happened before. 16 over 1. UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore College, Golden Retrievers, and they beat Virginia, who a lot of people thought was going to win the whole championship. Maybe, who knows, but they were freaking good. Did you, did you watch the game? Yeah, man, that was crazy. I watched, uh, I'm not even gonna lie, uh, for college basketball, I only tend to watch the last two minutes. Yeah, I know. Any of the whole thing. Um, but when I, when I turned on the last two minutes, man, they were already beating them by like 10 plus points. Um, so I didn't know what happened before that because I didn't really care, but I was like, damn, who the fuck is UMBC? I know. The crazy thing about it is, like, like you said, like, it wasn't even, like, it was exciting that it happened, but it wasn't even, like, an exciting game at the end of the game. 
because they were already like just spranking them up and down the court. It was like they were like beating them by like 14 points by the end. I was like, damn, this team's gonna get destroyed. Or I mean, you know, it's Cinderella. Anything could happen. Yeah. It's gonna be both game, you know, up by two. And then yeah. Out. I was like, word. UMBC is going to just beat them. Like, it wasn't like, oh, damn, UGA is only down eight. They're going to come back. No, like, I, just, no. I was like, this over. Yeah, also, yeah, it was. Like, they're, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it was definitely, like, it helps UMBC that it's close by. Like, U, UVA and UMBC are probably only, what, like a two-hour drive from each other or something like that. So... Yeah. I bet, like, a lot of those dudes maybe played against each other or played with each other, like, in in high school or in college, or in, or not college, obviously, they're already in college, in high school or in middle school or in whatever, rec leagues or something. Since they're kind of close by, I bet, like, some of them kind of played each other, you know? So I feel like that kind of, like, if you had, like, a dude who you used to get buckets off of when you were, like, 13... Like, even if, like, you're now in college and they go to UVA and you go to UMBC, you still might have in your head, like, yo, I can still get buckets off this dude, you know? True. So even though it's not, like, a straight-up, like, rivalry rivalry, it's, like, sometimes if, like, you'll you'll randomly see whatever, like, what I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not thinking of a good example, but, like, sometimes you'll see, like, a smaller school, like, whatever, Ohio University will, like, play really hard against Ohio State and, like, almost beat them. Because it's like the dudes know them from coming up or whatever and like went against them and then didn't get recruited to go to that good school. I don't know. I feel like that might have a want some reason to play into why it was the first 16 to ever beat a one. But obviously a lot of it is just luck too. Yeah, man. I mean, they they were good. And there was that one guy. I don't even remember his name. But I guess he's kind of. Lyles. Who just went off. Lyles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the dude, Jarius Lyles, who at the end was just, like, every single time was just doing crazy layups, like, over his head, like, a spin on his Are you talking about that, dude? No, it was, it was the, the little... The, oh, the tiny little Puerto Rican dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, had a huge... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sad. Yeah. yeah. That dude was crazy. That dude looks like I... He looks like he weighs, like, 50 pounds less than, you know, me. Even, <laughs> you know, like, he looked tiny. I feel like, if anything, the reason, like, we, we deserve a lot of credit for this because we had our whole Airbud segment, obviously, talking about how Golden Retrievers, you know, Airbud in specific, but, like, we're the best athlete, well, Airbud was the best athlete of all time of, you know, animals, and now, well, what do you know, just a couple months later, and we have the Golden Retrievers winning with the biggest upset of all time. Damn, yeah, man, we called that back in, uh... We called that. Like October, before even the season started. So, I mean, yeah, man, I uh, definitely should get some credit. Yeah, we'll take some credit. Yeah, if they have, like, some sort of, like, a victory parade, we'll go. If they, we'll go and, like, put on, like, Airbud masks or something. That was crazy, though. I also, like, I don't know if you saw their site crashed, like, that evening. Like, the UMBC College, like, website crashed. And I think it was, that much traffic. yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think it was probably like probably people wanted retrievers gear. Like that's just dope. And like there's not really many. I, I don't I don't know if there's any other. You know, everybody loves dogs. Obviously, man's best friend. But there's not that many schools that are like dog. You know, like the no, there's not the like the bull. I mean, obviously there's the bulldogs. There's a couple bulldogs, right? And there's some huskies. But that's not. I mean, not to discriminate against dogs, but, like, Ahoya's like an ugly dog, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. There's, like, a bunch of bulldogs and a bunch of huskies, but there's not just, like, Labradoodles or anything like that, 
Yeah. You don't have yeah. You don't have too many like chihuahuas or though I don't really like how chihuahuas look either. But you know, I I do think that's kind of nice. Like you don't have too many pets that are also like, mascots. No, that's pretty dope. I feel like everybody just wanted like jerseys and hats that just said like golden retrievers on them just because it's dope. At least for that day. Hey, no, no, for sure. And I mean, like, a, a win that big for that school, I mean, people are going to be looking out for them next year. Like, even if next year they're like, this might have been just like a once in a lifetime thing, but like, you know, people are going to be like, damn, those UNBC Golden Retrievers, like, that school is like automatically on the map now. Yeah, for sure. Also, what, what some, one thing that's really dope about them, I don't know if you saw, when they posted this, is but they have one of the highest rates of based on the number of students in their school they have one of the highest rates of sending black people into like the workforce that have like phds like based on their like student body so they're doing like really good work yeah they're doing good good work down there i don't know a lot of black people that knew that <laughs> I, I mean, like, I went to, like, a, like a, like a semi-kind of family to read anything this weekend. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, I didn't bring that up, but, like, I yeah. feel like nobody knows that, so that's good. Yeah, it's good. I had no idea that you had that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty dope. Another another thing that I thought was, you know, interesting with the tournament was this dude from Gonzaga. I was watching them because they were playing my team, Ohio State, and they knocked us out. But um, they had this dude, Ru- Rui Hachimura, who is, like, half black and half Japanese. And he was just bawling out. And, like, of course it got me curious, like, about just his background and stuff. And it's not like he was just, like, it's not like he was just, like, going out, like, coming off the bench, like, a couple times. Like, dude was was going in. Dude was really balling. And um, he's tall, too. Like, he's, like, 6'9", or something. Like, he he really can ball. So, I I just thought it was crazy. Like, it just, what, what it made me think about is, like, what would it be like to grow up as a really tall black dude in Japan? Wait, so he's... He's just straight black. He's not mixed. No, he is mixed. His dad is from Benin. His mom is from Japan. I don't know. Like, what do you think? What do you think it's like growing up as a black person in Japan? You're probably like a celebrity. <laughs> even if you're not good. Even if you're not good at basketball. <laughs> just like <laughs> you know, without being too stereotypical or racist, but I feel like you know, mad pictures. Mad people taking pictures of Yeah, for, yeah, uh, definitely mad pictures. It's probably a good life, man. I mean, you know, Japanese, I, I just saw something today, man. They, they got, like, you know, low low gun violence and shit. Yeah. They probably had a good life. They got good food, healthy food, you know. They, they're zen-like. So I feel like growing up black in uh, Japan, you know, you it might be a little better than here. I don't know, but. <laughs> it might be better than here. That's actually a good point. <laughs> I feel like he is already basically like the best, probably the best basketball player ever from Japan. I there is one dude, and I'm probably gonna mispronounce this n- name too, Yuta Tabuse, who has played before for the Phoenix Suns, like only briefly though. So he only went oh, wow. for like he only went for like summer league for the Suns, and he didn't stay. And he's only five nine, 
like 160. So like, but this dude is like legit like 6'9". Also, it must really throw people off, like, now that he's been, like, he goes to Gonzago, which is, you know, in, in Washington State, but it must really throw people off when they see this dude and start talking to him in English, and then he only speaks Japanese. <laughs> like, <laughs> that must really throw the dude on his team off. Cause, no, for sure. Because you can't really... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, he literally couldn't understand his teammates, probably, when he first came over. He could just ball, right? Luckily... Japan finally has a good basketball player because they're about to host the Olympics next time. So I think it would be obviously exciting if if this dude Rui Hachimura can lead them to like their basketball team to the Olympics, which I don't really think they go there very often. Um, but like, did you see these Olympic mascots they were choosing? Like Japan, like had everybody like vote on the mascots. Yeah. <laughs> and like cartoons. Yeah, they're like little cartoons. And it like looks like there's like three different there was like a blue one, a yellow one, and a red one. And they look it looks like it you like you remember how like at the beginning of Pokemon, like you would have to choose whether you wanted to start with like the leaf, the fire, or the water Pokemon. <laughs> that is straight up just what it reminded me of. It's like do you want it, You're telling me that they copy and paste they straight it, back the Pokemon? Yeah, I mean sort of Sort of. I mean, I, I'm not saying, like, they don't look like specific, necessarily, Pokemon. Like, I'm looking at the joints. But they do look like they could be Pokemon, you know? <laughs> I'm not trying to, like, generalize, like, the artistic style. Like, that's an element where, like, folks that might not be in the sports or Olympics or whatever, like, that weird, like, cool, whatever this, you know, logo is, people be like, damn, what is this? Oh, this is for Olympics. Where? All right, let me tune in. Like, like I'm saying, yeah. What we're saying about like UNBC, the Golden Retrievers, all this. Like I feel like sports, man, in this whole I don't know digital age, like always plugged in on the phone on the computer. Like you, you need something to captivate the uh, the audience first, even before you talk about the sports. So I feel like you know those are some pretty like wacky logos that they got. I'm looking at it right now, actually. Yeah, they're crazy. Like it's 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 uh, it's interesting enough where people definitely be like, what's going on with this? Yeah, I guess you're right. It's like kind of a good like to get maybe kids who weren't like necessarily interested in the Olympics before to be like, oh, I like this mascot, so then they just want to participate. My real. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to <laughs> shit on you know the Japan folks or, or anything. So I got to throw it out before I say this, but like the logo straight up looks like a terrible draft. Like it doesn't look done. Like, yeah, it looks like it's half colored in. <laughs> it looks like some, like, damn, what was that joint on the computers, like, back, this is, like, before, like, all this, oh, paint, it looks like, oh, some Microsoft Paint stuff, <laughs> yeah, well, also, the thing is, like, the logo they picked is the lamest one, like, there were two, there was three of them, one of them looks like, just, like, it looks like a checkerboard on, like, a little cartoon, like, which looks really corny, and the other ones look kind of cool, and they chose the lamest one. And in my opinion, they definitely chose the lamest one. I mean, I don't know, like, if that's done, like, it's a final uh, decision, but hopefully it's not. I think, I mean, we'll have to have the pe- the people, you know, the I'm open people weigh in and see, like, obviously, which which one and vote which one they would have chose. Because I think the one, we'll definitely post that, because I think the one that, yeah, no doubt. Because I, th- I think the blue joint is the freshest joint. The blue with the, with the checkers? Yeah. That is fun. so stupid looking. That looks like a... <laughs> okay, I, but let me tell you why. Like, I, think, I think it's the best one because it, it just looks so unprofessional that it automatically would catch someone's eye. That's why. I don't it looks fake to me. Best one. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was like some fake copy and <laughs> I don't know. I like the I, I like the bear one. I think that one looks cool, but I, I I don't really know what the relevance is like to the T athletics or the Olympics or what. My real question is when can we get Pokemon in the Olympics as a sport, man? That's really <laughs> that's what this reminded me of. When can we get when we get, can we get each each country sending their Pokemon team to the Olympics? I mean, honestly, like, I don't think that idea is that far away in the future, man. Like, I feel like people are going to start wanting, and I guess this is, like, a reoccurring theme for today's episode. Like, I just feel like people want something new, something fresh. Yeah. You know, they're always, in the winter, like, they're always going to like the ski jump or the figure skating or whatever in summer with the track and stuff. But I feel like, man, more and more... As folks, you know, there's, there's so many people, and that's kind of why I'm open cool. Yeah. A lot of folks here, you know, whether you, you're big into sports or not, you yeah. hear about stories. Like, there's so many people that, like, aren't into sports versus, like, you know, we think there are. So I feel like eventually, whether it's winter or summer Olympics, they're going to have to come up with a way to entice uh, the audience. So maybe, a, you're right. like, I feel like that'll get, that'll get okay. people watching. Yeah, it might, ex- so it might not exactly be Pokemon, but it might... <laughs> I don't think you're that far off. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, people have to acknowledge, like, that sports is to entertain, you know? And, and like you're saying, like, it's to entertain people at the end of the day. I'm glad people take take it seriously, especially if it's your job. But, like, if it's for entertainment, why not, like, give the people what they want and, like, do some fun stuff, you know, and, like, mix it up? Tiger, my boy, I gotta mention it. Tiger, I thought he was like never gonna play again, and suddenly he just back better than ever, right? Well, I don't know about better than ever, better than ever, but some people were like, Tiger, his swing has never been this fast. I mean, like, I don't really know. Like when I like played golf like three times, they told me like you don't, you're not necessarily supposed to swing that fast because you just let the club do the work or whatever. I don't, I don't know, but like he's back. Right? He's back playing. Like, I know that's exciting. I, like, we've only talked about golf basically to just say that we're not interested in watching golf so far on the show. But if Tiger's in there, I, I, I gotta admit, I actually, I might turn it on. <laughs> I'll definitely watch for, for reasons that I don't think need to be said. Uh, <laughs> no, Tiger's that dude, though. Like, I, especially now because the come, like, he was already the best to watch. He was already the most exciting. Now, He's got the whole comeback element of, like, people literally never thought he was going to maybe play again or people didn't know if he's going to be able to recover. He's got the haters that want to see him mess up. Yeah. The folks that are like, I want to see him come back. It's a nice story, man. Like you said, isn't the Masters next week? It's like, so- yeah, the Masters is coming up soon. I know everybody's excited, like, to see. I mean, look, if Tiger's in that, like, that's going to be, like, the highest-rated golf tournament in, like, the last 20 years of Tiger. Since the one where he, like, won, like, the last – I think that was the last one he won where he won, like, he had, like, an overtime – he won in overtime, and he had, like, a, his kneecap was, like, broken or something. That was crazy. He had, like, a torn yeah, knee. That was crazy, man. Um, yeah. I just, um, I'm still wait. I don't know, like, when they're going to be allowed to do this. Because, like, with OJ, they started having all of these, like, documentary, what happened behind the scenes, OJ, and stuff like that. And I just first and third person. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like everybody's doing it. Like ESPN, CNN, HBO. Like everybody had their own o- OJ. Weather Channel. Yeah, Weather Channel. <laughs> 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 
Exactly. Like, everybody had their own OJ take, like, their own OJ recap, like, Netflix, like, everybody. So, like, I'm just, I can't wait until we have that for Tiger. Though, I just don't know when that's going to be. Oh, it has to. Like, he's so, he has such, like, a classic, like, rise and fall. It's almost like a Shakespearean tragedy or something. Like, he was supposed to be the best. People knew him when he was a baby. He was, like, on TV when he was a baby. People, like, you know, his dad was training him to be the best golfer his whole life. He was the only black golfer. That I mean, obviously, the other people who are black have golf, but, like, none of them at his level at that being that great. I'm not saying he's the first, you know, black person to ever try to golf, but, like, he was the, he was just one young black dude against all these old white dudes. And, like, he always wore red on Sundays. He was, like, a mythical, you know, creation. And then he, like, had the whole crashing down, his car crash, now rising back up. Like, now if he could just win this next Masters, that would be, like, the perfect ending for his movie that's coming out in 12 years on TBS. <laughs> for real, that's the last scene. <laughs> Thank you, TBS. Cut me a check. No, but for real, you know, like, the last scene after people think Tiger's never coming back, he does the whole, he he admits himself into, a, like, a whole sex sex addiction clinic and shit. I think he did that. And now he's back. If he gets his green jacket on, that's going to be, like, the final scene in the movie. Starring, uh... Yeah. We predicted it for the UMBC. If Tiger wins the Masters... And like you said, in 12 years, TBS comes out with special. <laughs> exactly. We better be getting this, yeah. I feel like we should get some kind of creative direction. Yeah, yeah, just throw us on the credits. Just throw us on the credits. <laughs> creative consultant. <laughs> Who do we need to get to play Tiger? Like, uh, Daniel Kaluuya? <laughs> no, that's... Daniel Kaluuya, he could play DJ Singh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who can play Tiger. We'll have to, I guess, you know, we'll have to have, there's going to have to be, like, an old tiger and a young tiger, like, different, like... Oh, I know, I think I know who would be a good tiger. He doesn't look like tiger, Yeah. but I think he could get the personality down. It's the dude, I don't know if you watch Atlanta or seen Get Out, but it, it's the, it's the guy, uh, Darius. From yeah, him. oh, he's so funny. He's so funny. Lakeith, that is a Lakeith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good actor, too. He's a really good actor. He could be young Tiger. Like, I mean, like, or, you know, I think he could be like Tiger in his prime, like, like the 20 to 30 year old Tiger. And actually, I just thought of, <laughs> you know, who could be old grizzled Tiger? I was just thinking Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> of course. He actually like has like a similar complexion to Tiger too. Lakeith Sanfield, Tiger, <laughs> old Tiger Cuba. Cuba, it's set. It's set. There's Oscars. It's Oscars already. Holy shit! <laughs> That's gonna be incredible. And James Earl Jones is gonna have to play his dad. James. Wow. That's gonna be crazy. Last thing, I know this happened a while ago, but it's still just so crazy. We got to talk about it with the J.R. Smith and how he threw his soup on the assistant coach. <laughs> so this happened like beginning of March. You know, this is a while ago. He threw a bowl of soup on Cavs assistant Damon Jones, and then he got suspended for a game. Did they? But like, 
I've, I've heard multiple things. He threw the soup on him. I heard he threw the soup on the table. I heard he threw the soup on the ground. Like, do you know, like, what actually happened? Yeah, there's a lot of – and it's, like, it's hard. Like, it's hard to throw soup, like, because it's not a solid. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, like – So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, if you throw the bowl of soup, you might just hit him with a bowl. And you might not really get soup on them. You might just, like, spill soup on the floor. Or, like, if you, like, intentionally, like, splash soup onto somebody, that would have to be, like, more intentional, you know? So I agree with you. Yeah. Or if you just, like, spill it. Like, throwing soup. I don't know if they, like, he, did he, like, dump it on him? Like, did he pour it on him or throw it? Because that's different. Because if, if the line was J.R. Smith pours soup on coach, then I would know exactly what. Like, I would, like when, I, when, I, when I think about byline J.R. Smith pours soup, I really think, like, Damon Jones was sitting down and J.R. Smith comes behind him like a coach. Like a prank. Championship. <laughs> oh, my God. Dumps it. Like, that's, that's how I see it. Like, pour. That's the only way you could pour soup. Like, you really have to chip the bowl and pour it on someone's head. Yeah. Well, it's also, like, if it's something like chowder or, like, a cream soup that's thicker, that really kind of sits in the bowl. It's not like it just flaps out, like, all over the place. You know? Yeah, there's no velocity. There's no velocity. Like, if it's like a chili, it's hard to get velocity. It's not going anywhere. Like, if it's like a chili, then maybe what they mean is, like, he literally, like, put a handful of chili. Or if you had, like, clam chowder or something, you could do this, too. Or if he had, like... Like a real. Yeah, like a nice beef too. You could he he could. You could literally throw a handful. Yeah, exactly. Then you could literally throw it like a pitch or something, but if or a snowball. But if it's like a noodle soup, or 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 like a I don't know tomato soup. Broth based. A brothy soup. Uh, a vegetable. Yeah. Go anywhere. Then maybe he threw the bowl, and then maybe it was just like splashed all over his coat. I guess he just couldn't handle whatever the coach was trying to tell him. Yeah, man, and the coach, you know, Tyron Lue's gone, or, yeah, he's gone too, so. The, the funny thing is, though, like, so he threw the soup, then he came back, he stayed in the starting lineup, and then, like, a week later, they announced he was getting benched. So, what do you think, they're related or not? Uh, they're definitely related, man. The Cavs, for, for folks that, you know, aren't up on Cavs, basketball, and the LeBron James saga, it just seems like the most passive-aggressive organization in the league. I know. This whole thing has just been a soap opera for the last three years, or six years. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. The funny thing, though, is, like, maybe the first time they tried to bench him, and he, like, got pissed off and threw the soup. So maybe they, like, were like, oh, never mind, never mind. And then maybe they're like, okay, now you're benched. Yeah, or I, the replay. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, Someone has the footage. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That reminds me, one time I uh, was, like, spent a long-ass time making spaghetti. And then when I was about to eat it, I dropped the plate. But then somehow, like, with my other hand that wasn't holding the plate, I caught almost all the spaghetti in my hand in just a catch. Like, literally, wow. it was incredible. It was, like, one of the it was like one of the unluckiest followed by one of the luckiest moments of my life. A whole bowl of spaghetti, and I just caught it. And I was like, that's what I was just thinking. Maybe if it was, like, pho or some sort of, like, noodle-based soup, it would, you know, based on my experience... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, for real, because I, like, I'm not trying to make, like, a bigger story and, like, this is funny as kid, but, like, I think it was fun. Like, I think you're right because... Because then you could catch that shit. Or, like, grab that. Catch that. You definitely catch that. It's going to be like a, like, it's probably going to, like, slip through a couple of the, like, crevices of your fingers, but you could catch foe. But it also, like, when it hits, it would be like a splatter shot. Like, kind of like a snowball or, or a, or a uh, water balloon. Like a steamed dumpling or, like, a wonton soup. Oh, that would be incredible. 
That's something you. I th- I think like this just goes back to our point from before about how just push the envelope. Obviously, people have gotten mad at their coaches before, but like try something new. Try something new. Prank your coach. Pour food on your coach. That's what we're talking about. Throw in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be more creative. Yeah. JR Smith just started a new level. Yeah. He's an innovator. He really is. Innovator. Yeah. I want to see people throwing all types of stuff. I want to see people, like, making music videos dissing their coaches or something like that. I think, I think that's another nice element to what we're talking about, man, that would bring, like, more excitement to the game. We all want to know, like, what's going on behind the scenes, what these guys are really feeling. And, like, okay, don't do, like, don't just do the same responses everybody else has done before. They'll, like, be a little creative with and get a little, you know, give us a little extra something, you know? I think that's good. Hopefully pe- more people can follow J.I. I think they will, man. I hope they will. Trailblazer. He always really has been. Of course, before we say goodbye, we gotta do something that we always do every single episode of the I'm Open podcast, and that's to acknowledge our mask off performer of the week of course this segment is inspired by atlanta's very own future this week our mask off performer is becky hammond now becky was one of the original superstars of the w NBA. She is one of the rare basketballers from the state of South Dakota. She was a college superstar at Colorado State, and she went on to play for the New York Liberty and the San Antonio Stars in the WNBA. She is now, for the past several seasons, been an assistant coach for the San Antonio Spurs, the team we spoke of earlier in the podcast, where she is learning from the absolute best Spurs coach Greg Popovich. Now, these are all incredible accomplishments, but we already knew this. That's not why Becky is our mask off performer of the week. Now, the reason why is that Becky was just interviewed to be head coach of the Colorado State basketball program, Go Rams. Now, this was not the women's program. This was to be the head coach of the men's basketball program at Colorado State, which is totally awesome. Now, Becky would not have been the first woman to coach a men's basketball team. Actually, Teresa Phillips did coach one game for Tennessee State University in 2003, but Becky actually turned this opportunity down. That's right, she was considered to be a leading candidate for the Colorado State position, and they said, why not our superstar alumni who is now working in the NBA, Becky Hammond? Well, she went through the interview process, they went through the vetting process, she was the one they wanted, she was the front runner for the position. But Becky eventually pulled out and she said, you know what, I think I'm good. I think I'm good on that. And she decided to wait for her next opportunity. Now, I know you might be thinking, what the hell is Becky thinking? She had the opportunity to be the first woman to be a full-time head coach of a men's basketball program. And not just a small program, a big program. Not one of the best, but it's a big school. And she had an opportunity to do a lot with that program. It was a great opportunity and it was her alma mater. But the reason we're shouting out Becky is, first of all, we're so proud of her for getting these opportunities. That people want her this badly. And trust us, there will be a women's head coach in NCAA men's basketball 
very soon. There will be a female head coach in NCAA men's basketball soon. Trust us on that one. But the reason this is so awesome is because Becky is not settling. She knows she's a badass. She knows she's an incredible coach, and she knows she's an incredible basketball mind. She's also working with the absolute best in San Antonio. But guess what? Becky's not ready to settle, okay? She doesn't just have her sights on dominating the Mountain West Conference. No, Becky's trying to dominate the NBA. So that's why Becky's waiting, and that's why Becky said, mm, thanks, but no thanks. And I believe that she will. I believe that that day is coming soon. She has shown through her work with the best franchise in the NBA what she can do. She has proven herself, and she's still a young woman. She's still a young coach. She's only 41 years old, so she's got a long career ahead of her. So props to Becky for not just jumping at the first job offer she got. And I'm not saying this is the first offer she got. I'm sure a lot of people have been giving her offers. But props to Becky for holding out because she knows, she knows there's something awesome on the horizon. And Becky, you heard it here first. I'm open family. You can tell all your friends. You've been to the future. And Becky Hammond is going to be the first female head coach in the NBA. That's a guarantee. It might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen next year, but that is going to happen. Becky Hammond will be coaching a team in the NBA. She knows the same thing I know. That's why she's not jumping to Colorado State or any other college right now because she's waiting till she gets to run her own NBA franchise, and we are so excited for that day. Becky, you know you got some guys at the I'm Open podcast. You can hire to do any front office role or even do your laundry once you get that head coaching gig, wherever it is, in the NBA. Keep doing your thing, Becky. We're huge fans. Thanks again, I'm Open Family, for hanging out with us today. We had an incredible time with y'all, and we hope that you enjoyed us just a little bit, too. Don't forget to give us a like, visit our Facebook page, subscribe, tell your friends, all that jazz. We look forward to seeing y'all next time. Everybody, have a great night, and uh, don't forget to stay open, okay?